We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, AFC contenders and pretenders... Does Kansas City need Odell to win the Super Bowl? And the biggest surprises through one half of the season. Special guests include Reed and Mahomes live at noon and Josh Klingler at 1230. Now two guys who cannot believe that one guy got elected. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Oh, what's going on, everybody? It is a Wednesday here on Cody and Gold. Just going to start us off in trouble again, huh, Nick? That's what he does. You know? I wasn't specific. No. That guy, though, that one guy. But a lot of people are surprised with some of the elections. Some of the various elections around, you know, locally, globally. After one thing that passed in Missouri, Nick might think about moving. He can just drive 10 minutes. What are you talking about? That one, we can, we can talk. We're allowed to talk about that, though. No, I like. I don't like giving my money to the government. I think we're... Oh, so you're just going to buy... <laughs> He likes a from small a friend. local business, small local businesses. Local proprietors, yes. <laughs> I just think it's about, you know how much money Nick has spent in the state of it's Colorado? It's boutique, Nick. It's yeah. boutique, you, right? You, that's you, that's the guys you like to yes. buy from. <laughs> Nick Farm spent, to table. Nick, <laughs> Nick has spent so much money in the state of Colorado. It's nice that he's going to at least be able to spend it in the metro area now. No, I don't spend my own money out there. What the hell's that what, mean? Yeah, what do you mean? My queen treats me. Oh, wow. Yeah. God, she must hate anytime you say my queen. Oh, my, oh my God. It's the easiest. I do it only <laughs> to, like, almost try and get in trouble. <laughs> and I usually only do it when I'm in trouble. Oh, man. You never tried that one, Cody? I have not. Have you never called your wife my, my queen? queen? She like, would She's like, will you please pick up that one thing or please clean that thing yes, that you said you queen. would? And I'll just be like, yes, queen. Anything for you, Queen. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, don't call me that. I can't blame her. I'm like, well, you can call me King. <laughs> She's, I'm also not going to do that. Is that oh, probably that's never happened one time. <laughs> <laughs> she never returned the favor. Oh, man. Uh, a little bit later on in the show, Josh Klingler, uh, Chief Silent Reporter. Of course, you just heard him on Fesco in the morning. He'll join us. We'll get his insight into the Chiefs in Jags coming up on Sunday afternoon. But if you look at the AFC right now, and I'll be honest, the conversation I didn't expect us to even need to have, which is, you know, who all can actually have the number one seed in the AFC? There's, you know, eight teams inside a game and a half or so. Who could actually win the AFC? I think there's three teams. And that, to me, is kind of interesting at this point. When I say win the AFC, I'm talk- I am talking. I don't know. We can separate the two. Number one seed. Number, That's number what one you mean. Seed. Yeah, I mean, like, 
Be We're not the, talking about who's winning the AFC title, title game. game right now. Yeah, yeah. Like, be the number one seed. Like, I think it's three teams, and it's it's wild to me because I remember on this show when the Chiefs were sitting there in the offseason and the Denver Broncos in particular had traded for Russell Wilson. And we were looking at it, and everybody was building up the AFC West to be this daunting, incredible division. We all thought it. Four quarterbacks that are all top 12 guys, three that are top 10, and, yes, that included Russell Wilson. Like, we're like, man, this, this division is so tough. And I think I even made the comment, I'm like, I don't know how anybody in the AFC West is getting a number one seed anytime soon. I remember saying that. And now the way things are settling, we know the AFC West is not anywhere near what we thought it was going to be. It's the Chiefs and the Chargers, kind of the same way it's been for the last couple of years. And now with the uncertainty with Buffalo, Josh Allen injury, we still don't know yet. Well, I think we'll know today. The AFC West, therefore, the Chiefs absolutely can be a number one seed. I think it's three teams who could win to, to be the number one seed. It's Kansas City. It's Buffalo, and it is Baltimore. I think I would toss in Miami. Some of this kind of goes back to the conversation we just had, which was how many wins will it take to get the one seed? And at the time, we thought 14 would get it for you for sure. But that was pre, as you mentioned, Josh Allen injury, which we don't have any more details on, even though it seemed like yesterday was going to be the day that they looked for more on that. So that doesn't tell the story. The reason, originally, I wasn't going to include Baltimore in this. I haven't been overly impressed with the teams they've beat. I don't feel like they've ever been like, wow, this team looks really good. They win, and they win ugly a lot. It's not like they win one game ugly. They, like, win them all that way. But they have the single easiest schedule remaining in the NFL. Not just based on strength of schedule, which they do, but just look at the teams they play. Only one team. Panthers, the Steelers twice, the Jags, the Browns, the Broncos, and the Falcons. Yeah, I think the, you said the Bengals, right? The, the, the Bengals have... And the Bengals this that, week, That's yes. the only team. That's the only team, though, with a winning record left on their schedule as of right now for the, for, for Baltimore. The and, Chiefs only have three. Uh, yeah, the Chargers, I, Cincinnati, and the Seahawks, and a bunch of joke I, teams. I'm way more bullish on Baltimore than I am Cincinnati. That's why, again, the three to me, it's Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo to be the number one seed, and we know the injury of Josh Allen one way or the other. Why not Miami, that. though? Because yeah. if Josh Allen's injury lingers in any way, yeah. Yeah. there's no particular reason why they couldn't win Here's their why. division, and if they win their division, I feel like I have to include them in this conversation. Because the AFC East is now what we thought the West was going to be this year, Tough. which is everybody's above 500, everybody's competitive. Truly, anybody can beat anybody in that AFC East, and so even if you told me Josh Allen was going to miss three weeks and that Miami, there's their room to go win the division, I'm with you. That, that definitely could play out. But I don't think Miami would get Cody or anybody in the AFC East other than Buffalo will get to the enough wins to be the one seed because I think they'll beat up on each other. Like Buffalo with Josh Allen, they're a dominant team. Miami, even if Josh Allen's out of the picture in Buffalo, Miami could still lose to New England. I, you know what I mean? Like I, obviously the Jets just beat Buffalo. So like, I think they can beat up on each other. That's why, whereas in the Almost. AFC North, it's Baltimore and, and Cincy. I'm not worried about Pittsburgh. I'm not worried about Cleveland. And the thing with Baltimore, their defense early on the season was terrible. Miami's defense is a big problem. Baltimore's defense is turned the corner. Since week five, they're top 10 defense in points per game. They're second in yards per game. They're sixth and third downs given up. Third in sacks and seventh in takeaways. But they play that bad defense, offenses, that, man. That defense. kind of like the Chiefs paper tiger defense a little that defense though has turned the page since week five and so that's why they're getting healthier as well I, th- I like the Roquan Smith trade that they make so to me Baltimore is heading in the right direction Miami offensively of course is a juggernaut but defensively they're terrible Bradley Chubb will see as the weeks go on he gets more adapted to that defensive scheme but that that Miami perception defense this is, is way worse perception of this is kind of funny because Miami does rank 25th in defensive points per game the Chiefs rank 20th 
So, I mean, I, I get it, they're, they're, but there's not as Baltimore ranks 18th. There's not some, as they currently sit, massive cataclysm of difference between those three teams defensively. And what you're talking about, Baltimore, almost makes it sound like you think it's two. Because it's I understand. Two. You just think, like, that it should only be two. Like, the way you describe the AFC City, East. Buffalo no, I'm and- saying the way you're describing it, to me, feels like you should eliminate Buffalo, too. If you're no. kicking out Miami. No, because I, I, I answered that right. already. And then my answer, I answered that within my I answer. I said, because I, the only team that I believe that is still a juggernaut if Josh Allen plays in that division is Buffalo. I understand. Miami's not a juggernaut even if Josh Allen's out of there. Buffalo's the only team that fits that, that build at all in the AFC East. But Buffalo has one of the more difficult schedules remaining, partially because sure. of what you mentioned, because of the, the division they're in. Certainly helps boost their, you know, um, their difficulty of schedule. And they've got plenty of winnable games over the next few weeks including a couple of bad teams here once they get past Minnesota. Yeah, I, th- I do they- think Baltimore has a great chance to, to to be a number one seed conversation. Absolutely. I didn't think that for a while because that's not a team. You know what it is with Baltimore is everything about them, coach, um, quarterback, some of the things that you normally count on for number one seeds, they pass the test. But then when I watch them play, they don't. Like, I don't enjoy watching them play football. It's not often to me watching a team like that convinces me that they should be a number one seed. And every game in the NFL has been close this year, like so many of them. So I'm not saying it's part of it. And they've blown multiple leads, so maybe they should have an even better record than they do. Uh, you know, like to go back yeah, to like when they blew that Miami like, game, you, when they blew that Bills game. And that's part of it, right? I mean, they, look, you got to win those. I mean, those that, that goes against you too when you can't close out games. But you're right. I mean, they, it's, I hate when people do this, but like they very easily could be seven and one. Like, no, but they, they could just as easily correct. be five and four. Absolutely. And they kind of play. And honestly, they play way more like a five and four team than a seven and one team. Just based on how good they look on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. That's it. Kansas City and Buffalo to me are no doubters. You have to mention them. There's no way to do it. And there's a lot of teams to eliminate. But it does say something about the AFC that as it sits right now, there are eight teams inside of a game and a half. I don't know if we listen to them all, but Bills, Jets, Dolphins, Ravens, Bengals, Titans, Chiefs, and Chargers all sit within a game and a half of the top spot in the AFC. That's, that's crowded. I love how none of us are even giving any shot with the Titans. <laughs> I just I, I know I'm with you, I mean, but it's just funny. I don't. I they don't, scored 149 <laughs> points this year. I, There's just you. no way. It's just funny because, of course, they lead the AFC South despite losing. And it, it, the, but it, the but Chiefs yes, have scored nobody, 94 more points yeah. than them this year. Yeah, I mean, no, even I, if I'm not going against the top, the Jets have scored 50 more points than them. The Jets. Like, I, who you do know, you think's better, the Patriots or the Titans? Because the Patriots Titans. are in last, pa- last place in the AFCs, and they have the, basically the same record as the Titans. I think the I think the Titans are a better team than the Patriots. I thought the I think the Patriots are just going off of they have a good coach. They haven't drafted well. Yeah, Their quarterback the, play is pretty piece. brutal. I think if they had like a regular everyday NFL coach, they'd be they'd have two or three wins, not five. But They're Bill not Belichick. the worst roster in the NFL, but Bill Belichick will grind them through some five and four hideousness. Yeah, and Belichick's not going anywhere. So, like, if we're going to say, like, oh, it's just because of their coach. Well, like, he's coaching the rest of the season last time I checked. Yeah. So, like, it's still, I mean, it's. But they got no chance to win the division. They got no chance at the one seed. And they're two games out now, one not, and a half. But. Not the one seed conversation, but I still sure. think it's, a, I don't think it's impossible that the Patriots could still grab a wild card spot. I guess the thing is, I think the Titans are, well, the Titans are going to win the division. So they're not really in competition for the same wild card spots. You very well may be right. That'd be great news. If you're the two seed, bye week. <laughs> Beautiful news. If the Patriots get the final seed in there, then it's a bye week for you. You don't have to worry about who you're facing in week one of the NFL playoffs. Your team will be so much better than that team because the Chiefs or the Bills, if you're the one and the two, 
you're going to be, or Baltimore, you should feel great about getting the Patriots in round one versus the other teams that have firepower because of it's Miami or Cincinnati, like the teams that could actually scare you or the Titans who can just muck it up against you or the Chargers who have Justin Herbert. You'd much rather face the Patriots than any of those teams. Coming up in about 15 minutes or so, we'll get into something with the Titans and how they played Kansas City and what it reminds us of once again, though, with the rest of the NFL in general against Kansas City. But right now, the Chiefs are around 15th or so, right? They're about 15th or so in the NFL when it comes to uh, sacks in the NFL. Middle of the pack, which is, I think, where a lot of people would have signed up for before the season started, in particular, for Kansas City to be in that spot. And they've been able to seal wins by getting those sacks, too. That's what's been impressive for me on the defensive line front, right? That if you look at their middle of the pack in sacks, but they've sealed a win against Tennessee because of a huge sack at one point in time in overtime of Malik Willis. Uh, We go to the Raiders game, they needed a big-time sack. And then the Chargers game in week two at home, they needed Chris Jones when the Chargers were backed up inside their own, what, five or 10-yard line. Chris Jones came up with a huge sack and a huge play. So that that pass rush has been a lot better than I think any of us expected it to be. I, It's hard because I do ask for more out of the pass rush because that's constantly what you do when you're looking for a team to improve it. But I think to a point maybe I have been too hard on them because – if I had told you where they are, we would have taken it. If I if I had just blindly said, hey, uh, Gold, they're going to rank, you know, in the top 12 or 13 all year, you would have been like, yeah, that seems fine, right? Like, you wouldn't have been like, no, I can never agree to that because that's where they've consistently ranked, right near the top 15, a sack or two away from top 10, which is all you're ever really asking of a unit that in truth is still patchworked together, isn't it? Like, it's not a cons- – it, it's it's Chris Jones, who's great. Then it's, well, uh, it was going to cost as much to cut Frank Clark as to keep him, so let's just keep him. Then it's Michael Dana, third-round pick, who you don't expect much pass rush out of. Dunlap, who was signed in training camp, you know, right, pretty much by the time that came around. So it's, it's piecemeal together, and they found a way to be as good of a pass rush team as pretty much – all of their contemporaries. They have more sacks than the Chargers. They have one less than the Bills. They have, you know, one less than the Commanders, who is missing their top pass rusher. The Vikings pass rush, who's been, who's had Zadarius Smith on an excellent year. There are only two back of them. Like, there are teams who are going to blow them out of the water and have way more than they do. But inside of two sacks, there are only seven teams who are better than them. I think if I look at it, if I try to take big picture on them, I think maybe I've been a little too harsh on them because I get frustrated in, in game because of their inconsistency. But I feel like that's every pass rush that doesn't have an elite group, right? Like I assume that Ravens fans or 49ers fans feel the same way about the pass rush that the Chiefs do, as in it doesn't consistently get to the quarterback at the rate at which they would prefer. This team is not going to have a, a dominant you know, pass rush. We, we kind of knew that going in, but could you in those timely moments? That was the difference. What was the huge story after the AFC title game? Timely moments where you needed to get a sack, they couldn't get it. And so far this year, and it's not the playoffs yet, I get that. But again, the Titans game, the Raiders game, and the Chargers game are three games that stand out where they were able to get that sack to seal the game or at that crucial moment. That's what you're asking from this defense. Right? Can, you, can you come up with that big play or that big sack when you need it most? You're not, you're not going to have many of those uh, four or five sack games uh, like they had, they, they, they had a five sack game a couple weeks ago. That, that's not what you're, that's not realistic. That's no, but ridiculous. I'd like to know that that's in but, the tank. And they've done it once. But can you tell me, even if it's a one or two sack game, 
can that one or two sacks come at the most impactful moments in the football game? And the answer this the past Titans week game was, was yes. yes. They did it in the, the Chargers game when they really needed to stop. And then the Raiders game when nothing was going right offensively and they're down 17 nothing. They came up with some crucial sacks in Chris Jones in particular. I think that it's I don't think I'm ever I don't think we're ever going to laud what they're doing defensively. I don't think we're ever going to look back at the trade deadline and wish that they hadn't done anything. But I do think as the defensive line, more than I felt last year, probably, it's good enough to be a Super Bowl team. It's not going to be as good as some of the teams that you're probably up against. Like if you have to play the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl, their pass rush is going to be better. But for the the thing about the way the league is structured right now is outside of, say, Buffalo or Minnesota, I you know, and the team I'd mentioned in Dallas, some of those other teams that are really good at pass rush, like really good at it, they don't matter. Denver doesn't matter. New England's not important to me, right? Like it, Well, it's that, and, and you mentioned, I mean, not to talk about NFC team too much, but like the Cowboys, like, yeah, they have that dominant defense, but their offense isn't a top two offense in football or anything like that. Yeah, Philadelphia would be the one you'd yeah. pin. But again, if all of those teams are stacked up against each other in the NFC, so be it. If I have to solve the problem of your pass rush is better than mine, but that conversation doesn't have to happen until Arizona in February for the Super Bowl, then so be it. The defensive line didn't hold them back that bad because the top AFC pass rush teams in pressure percentage, New England, okay, don't care. Buffalo, well, we already know they're a problem and they're a significant drop-off from the top teams. Indianapolis, non-factor. Denver, non-factor. Jets, non-factor. And by the time you get into the rest of the teams who are near you, Baltimore and the Chargers, they're near you. They're the same as you. The top pass rush teams are all in the NFC. Like, I feel like going game to game, I'm still going to be like, hey, they had a couple of opportunities in the pass rush they didn't capitalize. But as a unit, I don't think that that's where the focus of the team's problems need to be. They have been as advertised, truthfully. They've not underperformed. They have been what the Chiefs tried to put together. They tried to put together a mediocre pass rush unit, and honestly, they've succeeded, if that makes sense. That sounds like a silly thing. Like, you know, I'm really happy that they, that they, uh, that they are fine, that they're uh, perfectly mediocre gold. That sounds like a silly thing to be, like, okay with. But no, I'm, I'm actually pretty okay with it. Yeah, someone says on the text line, 913 Are you guys counting all sacks or just from the D-line? Yeah, I don't care where the sacks come from. So uh, I mean, are you, I, yeah, I mean, I prefer whole, they come from the well, D-line, but I mean, it's they're getting it, them. I don't really. Spags is your defensive coordinator. They're going to blitz from everywhere. That's his MO. That's how they're successful on defense. I don't think, like, I, I, I don't subscribe to the notion that it has to be on the D-line. I understand that if you can, best case scenario, you'd like to say, hey, I'm just getting all the sacks from my front four. I don't have to blitz. Yeah, that's the, that's the perfect scenario. And there are a couple teams in this league that can do that consistently. You name the ones that can afford to not blitz and get pressure. They don't have that kind of defensive front where they can just get away consistently without blitzing. And that's not that's not how Spags is going to play. That's not who he is as a defensive coordinator. I don't think it's a, it's not a bad thing if Legarius Sneed has five six sacks when the season's over. That's that's not that's not a bad thing. And for what it's worth, three of the four top sack guys are on the defensive line. Yeah, Chris Jones five and a half, Carlos Dunlap three and a half. He's tied for second with Legarius. How about that? Sneed. He gets a one and a half sack game, and now he, yeah, <laughs> well, that's how it works on this defense. Dunlap is right there, and then three four Frank Clark. So three of the top four are from the defensive line. For the top six are from the defensive line. The two guys that got the sacks and are consistently staying there are LeJarius Sneed and Nick Bolton, and that's a good thing because those are their two best blitzers, so they use them frequently 
to get pressure. The frustrating ones are how George Karloftis only still has a half of a sack, so he's behind Turk Wharton, who hasn't played in two weeks, or Colin Saunders, who only got in after Turk Wharton got hurt, has one and a half. But that, again, is a good problem. The fact that, Tur- that, that Colin Saunders is essentially making up the, the, the combination of those two guys essentially playing the same position, right? Those guys are doing the same job. Colin Saunders now just playing more. They got two and a half sacks out of them on pace for five for the season. We would have taken five sacks from Turk Wharton. We'd have taken five sacks of the combination between those two. Again, they're what they tried to do is happening. I know that sounds well, and they're probably getting better secondary play than they thought too. I mean, I think, you know, they keep cutting veteran you know, corners, the, so they must love it. The, the fact that they're getting as strong a play in the secondary, of course, is also happening or ha- helping. I should say, the ability to get pressure on the quarterback, and then you flip it around, and you could say, "Oh, if you're getting if you're getting more pressure than we thought they would be, and, and equating the sacks, is that helping Jalen Watson and Trent McDuffie now?" And you know, you, you start going through that. They that's what you need from a young defense. You truly are going to have to be complementary on both uh, the the defensive line and in the secondary. Yes, but the secondary, I still can't believe how much trust they have put into yeah. essentially no one. Yeah. <laughs> well, trust in no. What do you mean? Essentially, trust in no one. Well, I mean, like, well, trust in, I guess, trust in them. Like, rather than, I, I've never, it's weird, because Spags have been in the NFL a long time. Did Brett Veach just tell him, hey, man, uh, I don't know how to break this to you, but we're playing a bunch of young corners, and you don't really have much of a choice. I'm not putting a bunch of veterans on this. You don't have a choice. You're going to have to play a bunch of rookies. So enjoy. Bye-bye. Because they slowly, over the course, from, like, April on, cut one veteran corner every month until they had none left, right? They, like, let go of Shervarius Ward, start there. Then they, like, ah, Mike Hughes, you're fine. Then it's, and then they got into the, you know, then it's whoever, you know, I can't remember the name of all the different veterans they had randomly in camp. Oh, Lonnie Johnson. Lonnie Johnson, who's actually on the Titans. Titans. DeAndre Baker, of course. DeAndre Baker, and then Rashad Fenton. Like, just, just slowly but surely, over the course of six months, the Chiefs let go of one veteran corner after another and said, nope, all rookies. We're the all rookie thing. If they all turn out to be this good, it's going to suck come contract time, but just figure out the one you like the best or the one you like the best for the value the best. Sign that one, let the other two walk, and replace them in the draft. That's what you're supposed to do anyway. And at this point, if you're saying, like, for Brett Feach in his entire career, you can make it very simple. If you said, what thing is Brett Feach the best at putting on the roster position-wise and what is he the worst at putting on the position roster-wise? The best is clearly defensive back, isn't it? Whether that be find Tyron Matthew, find Justin they, Reed, um, sign all these they, rookie corners. They uh, have Ward, have Sneed. It doesn't matter. That is clearly his strength. And they've done, as a staff, a great job of not only finding the talent, either undrafted guys or late in the draft, but going ahead and, and being able to uh, develop them as well. And so, yeah, there's, I think it's a credit all the way around that, that has been an area where they've been able, and there's been times where we're all like, why aren't you spending money for veteran options there? But they've, they've been able to make it work. And so it's hard to, to question that at this point. Quickly, before we go to the break, um, I had an idea today and Nick, uh, Nick, Nick is in supportive of that. The drive yesterday, it doesn't matter. Not important. But you guys you didn't don't even ask be, me for the idea. Not gonna, I don't feel like that what was going to go well. So Yesterday, the drive called all of us and asked us one question. What our gut response? Yeah. Right? Makes for good show content. Yes. We understand why they would go about that. Yeah. So, so I wanted doing? to do the same thing and ask the drive exact. I wanted to ask everybody one question and get their gut response. Seem fair? 
what are you asking? I mean, yeah, it definitely them? seems fair. What are you asking? Well, we didn't them? want them. We didn't want to give them the question ahead of time because we felt well, like response. it would give them time to overthink it and maybe not give them. I don't like their this first already. Reaction. I don't like the way this. I didn't even know about. It. I don't like where this is headed. Or you know, all. because like we knew what you they were like going to ask we, us yesterday. You don't like that we didn't run it by you, or you yeah. don't like that we didn't tell them the question. I don't like that. I have no idea what you're about to ask them. Not I think, important. I think you'll like it. Not important. Oh, no. Rob Brinton's joining us first. Rob, real quick question. Gut response. Who'd you vote for? What? What is this? Gold. You know what? I'm about to agree with gold. Which you put me in a bad position to agree with gold. I'm not telling you who I voted for. No. That was Rob Brinton. What are you guys doing? <laughs> All right, so I was just you after guys doing? So Rob ducking the question. Oh my goodness! I I came on their show yesterday. Oh, I didn't duck the. No. I answered you the answered. Question. Who'd you answer? Yes, by we, the way? we we did answer the question. I answered the oh, uh, Baltimore or the Miami Dolphins are a bigger threat to the Chiefs mm. in the AFC. I said Baltimore. So what was it about the question that you didn't like, Gold? Specifically, <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys know exactly what it is. Oh, interesting. What's well, a big day in this country? Mm-hmm. Just wanted to get guys' response. We get we want to get uh. Oh, for one, and getting a response. We'll try later. Do hmm. you think we'll get any responses today? <laughs> I don't think so. I answer all their questions. I don't ever, I don't ever t- take the Fifth Amendment. It's tough, man. It's tough to say. All right. Well, thank you, Rob, for joining us. That's Rob Britton on the drive. Gold, your thoughts? No thoughts whatsoever. None, as a matter of fact. Coming up next, the way the Titans played against Kansas City reminded of us one thing is still happening in the NFL against KC. This is Cody and Gold, brought to you by KC Bobcat. Rent or own from KC Bobcat in Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. Don't miss the guys' Survivor League picks every Thursday at 1230 on 610 Sports Radio and always live on the Odyssey app. All right, back here on Cody and Gold, Alex Gold, Cody Tap, Nick Schwartz with you. We'll get to Nick's notable notes coming up in about 12 minutes or so. And also, in about eight minutes, the bidding war clearly is going to continue for one player in the NFL and some more rumors, speculation going on with him. So we'll, we'll tell you who that is in just a little bit. But the Tennessee Titans gave the Chiefs a run for their money. That's, that's fair to say. Uh, and certainly had the Chiefs up against the, the backs, against their wall, I should say, at that point in time with the way the game was trending, nothing going right offensively. And it's something that maybe we haven't talked as much about this year. It was more of a post-Super Bowl thing, and it was the whole idea that you have your, the target on your back. But you still think that applies. I think Mitchell Schwartz is who really pointed it out yesterday when he was on the drive and why it stood out to me at this time, though, he was talking about the other AFC contenders, a little bit of what we were talking about. Like, hey, if you are going to take Baltimore serious, how are they going to do if everyone is coming at them? And they've never really experienced that in their time. They had that one season where they were the number one seed, quickly lost in the postseason, and their season was shortly over when they were the team that was getting everyone's best. But that's something I, I didn't think was going to continue quite as much this year, and I think part of it is I bought into the notion that everyone in the NFL was – looking at the Buffalo Bills and telling themselves that's the best team in the NFL. Look at what Josh Allen did in the postseason, and that's going to be a problem. And Kansas City, for the first time in the Patrick Mahomes era, shed a little blood, in my opinion. When they lost to Cincinnati, Mahomes looked bad in a half, and there was a different Super Bowl favorite out of the AFC for the first time. But instead, what I saw in the Tennessee game, and what I've seen several times this year, was that Kansas City's still AFC public enemy number one. And I think that that's where I should probably talk more about what Tennessee was able to do or what the Raiders did in their loss to Kansas City and why they got their best effort is 
Kansas City's still going to have to deal with that on a weekly basis. They're going to have to walk in against the Jags, and the Jags have, despite the fact they're in a tightly contested division because nobody's good, they have circled the Chiefs the entire time to try to make a point that we can hang with anybody. I think that's true, but you know, we, we had this conversation heading into the season. It was like, all right, how long can the Chiefs fly under the radar, quote-unquote fly under the radar? And I think when we were talking about it, They made about, it about said, this long. I said, well, I don't even – I think it's – I think that ended – after the first two games, because that was the scenario we put yeah. out there, which was, hey, if the Chiefs go to Arizona and if the Chiefs then come back home on a short week on national television and beat the Chargers in the divisional game, which they did. then immediately the whole under the radar crap is gone. And then and, the next and, thing, and, they're in a dog fight against the Colts. Colts. Right, right. So I, I, I think the the target, I mean, look, when, as everybody's watched the Chiefs play this year. I mean, they're not only are they six and two, but Patrick Mahomes has played as good as any quarterback in the league. He's the MVP favorite once again. Uh, you, you've seen this offense perform at as better, if not, you know, just as good, but if not better level. So any, oh, the demise and the fall of the Chiefs for quote unquote, that that stuff is ridiculous. It was, and it's now nobody can even bring that up, especially when you look at the division where people were trying to talk themselves into the Broncos and others in the AFC West, and that hasn't been the case. So no, the Chiefs are right back where I think everybody had them a year or so ago, which is they're still one of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, the Bills might have the more talented roster. In fact, they think they do, but now there's questions with the health of their quarterback. And if Josh Allen misses time, then Kansas City is absolutely the team to beat in the AFC if that happens. It's a massive advantage for the other teams in the AFC, similar as it was to Cincinnati last year. Being under the radar is great, man. No one takes you serious, Gold. Like right now, the team you mentioned in the first segment is the one who is most likely to take advantage of this. Baltimore, for the rest of the season, absolutely gets to fly completely under the radar, don't they? Buffalo is a bigger story. They were the biggest offseason story. They have Josh Allen. And now the Chiefs are right back, front and center, where strength of schedule might matter for more teams. It matters less for Kansas City because they are going to get the Jags' best game. The Broncos are a laughingstock. They're going to get the Broncos' absolute best effort. When they got to take on Cincinnati in a month, they're getting their best. Week in and week out, over and over. The only times you get a reprieve from that in the NFL is if you got other bigger problems to solve. The Rams and the Seahawks, they might have other, they got my other fish to fry, right? They got to worry about their own division. They got other teams to deal with. They got other things to worry about going on. But most every other team on your schedule, specifically the division ones now, like it's, they've got so many other things to focus. They, they don't have anything else to focus on but you. The next month, they're just thinking about you. Two weeks from now, you. They might lose some other games, look bad in a week before. We shouldn't think that if the Rams or the Chargers, Chargers could be by 20 this week, you'd be like, well, they're getting them at a good time. No, you're not. You're always getting the Chargers at a bad time because they're coming for you. Now, they are anyway because they're in your division to a point. But I guess I had kind of thought the target was off the Chiefs' back a little bit. But I think because of everything you said, they're 6-2, and two, Mahomes is an MVP favorite, they're at the top of the AFC again, it's back. It's right back to where it was. Every team's coming. And when you've hosted four straight AFC title games, I mean, there's naturally, it's like a reminder when people start looking at the, the seating implications and acknowledging that everybody's trying to avoid having to come to Arrowhead in the postseason. And there's more and more of a realization that the way things are trending, that there's a, there's a very good chance that you're going to have to do that once again. And, and now maybe even a team that we thought was had the inside track to be the number one seed, they might be hitting a major roadblock because of not only a loss to the Jets, which evens out the playing field, but because of the biggest question and the biggest story in the NFL going on right now, 
which is the health of that elbow for Josh Allen. And and that's yeah. really we where everybody, an update on that? you know, everybody in Buffalo, I'm sure, nervous as hell as we would be here if, if Mahomes was dealing with something similar. But across the league, it has major ramifications for the entire AFC, not just the AFC East. And if you're a Dolphins fan or a Patriots or Jets fan and what it means for your divisional race, but if you are the Chiefs, if you are the Ravens, what we were just discussing, the seating, like that, that is a, a huge trigger for what this conversation even is, which is, you know, who's, who's really got that target on their back. The bills have been playing with pressure all year. And to this point, they've been able to handle the pressure for the most part. I understand they lost to the jets, but they've done a good job handling that pressure of being the team expected to go out and perform. Uh, but it changes if, if suddenly their quarterback, is. did you guys see what happened yesterday? You know how Kyle Brandt's got that new show. Uh, oh, his basement, Kyle, Kyle's, Kyle's Brandt, basement. And, he, and Josh Allen's a weekly guest. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he said yesterday morning, knowing that this was a big story, he's like, "Josh Allen joins me later today. Should, should be a great episode." Like, sort of teasing the fact that, "Wow, I've got the interview with the guy who's the biggest story in the NFL." Did he not even show up? Three hours later, he sends out a text that says, "Gonna have to push this back. Logistical issues. I'm in. I'm in Europe. He has a busy week. We'll see you next week." Yeah. And it's just like, "Oh, okay. Logistical yeah. issues, as in." The Bills are not letting him do any media appearances while everyone. Of course not. Logistical yeah. issues. <laughs> he's joking. That's right? an amazing. He's, no, he's, no, he's, he's was joking. Not, he was not joking. Go oh, back see, and look I, at. The- I feel like we've had Kyle on the show known of like. I think he he's he was aware of the expect. I'm guessing. Well, I, I think, I think here's he's what's joking happened. as here's, we're watching Kyle on TV right here. What, uh, he's think, overseas in Munich. God, look at those biceps, man. It's just <laughs> insane. I think what look ha- at that vein coming down I his mean, elbow. What's happening there? If you were to work out as much, you'd be wearing a tight short sleeve shirt on national television as well. Well, I think what happened was he knew that 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 it didn't look great after he went out of his way to tease like, yep, I've got Josh Allen today. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, I don't actually. Logistics. Yeah, someone on text line says they've come out and said it's just an elbow sprain. No, 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 there's not an official report on that yet. I mean, it's the same thing as yesterday. It's just they're evaluating his elbow. And there he was like, been, elbows hurt. I'll be there fine. There hasn't been a definitive he's playing Sunday, if that's what you're asking. There also has been no, as of yesterday, there was no official diagnosis. They didn't come out and say what was going on. Now, I assume Sean McDermott's meeting with the media. Today, he's going to have to speak. He didn't speak yesterday, so we'll get somewhat of an update at some point today. And look, maybe Either way, even a, if he's going to play this Sunday, I still think a sprained UCL may, just hypothetically, impact your ability to play quarterback. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You're saying that even if he doesn't have to miss a game, still, what does that mean for his ability? And I know some will point out, well, he threw the ball 70 yards the next play. But the play before that, he also short-armed it, right? He also short-armed the throw before. So it's not something that's consistent, and and that's why it'll be something that can impact their performance uh, as well. So we'll find out a little bit later on uh, today, perhaps, from Sean McDermott. We'll get to Nick's notes here in about five minutes uh, but there continues to be more rumors and uh, and reports on Odell Beckham Jr. and whether or not he's going to pick a destination anytime soon. There was a report down in Dallas, of course, that Jerry Jones is all in on acquiring Odell Beckham Jr. And sure, how a lot looked, of teams he's, are. He's like, he looked great with the star on his helmet and all this crap. Mm-hmm. And there's a report that Odell doesn't want to play in cold weather cities. That came from a Dallas reporter. I just want to make sure that's noted. 
that's where the source came from there. Uh, and if that was true, then, okay, I guess he's going to the Rams or Cowboys. Why is he still responding to people and, on Chiefs and, Twitter? And, just random people on Chiefs Twitter saying, and the idea that don't he, rule it out. That, you know, he's coming off an ACO, doesn't want to play in cold weather. It's funny to me because he really would only be available in the postseason. So tell me where he's avoiding going in cold weather unless he's, like, where like where is he avoiding? Like, I want a warm weather team that's only going to play home games. Like, who well, is that? First off, to, Miami? Answer, to answer your question, <laughs> Cody, why is, he, why is he doing this? Money. Oh, no, 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 no. This is the exact way you should handle it. If, because it's such a rare situation where you're a free agent, you're coming back from injury, you know all of these great teams are going to want you. Why wouldn't you just flirt with every single team and make every team think they have a chance at you? Like, that's the way to do it, right? If you were in this position, you would do it. The exact, he's doing sideline visits with all these different teams. He's flirting. He's just, he is basically on The Bachelor, and all of these teams are looking for a rose. That's probably a pretty good description, but also I'm still in the chiefs. Like the report that said he wants a multi-year deal. Give it to him. You don't have no, any no, wide no, receivers no, no, under no, contract no, 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 anyway. No. Why? Wait, 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 wait. Uh, hold on. So, one, they don't have to have him. Okay. I would love Odell Beckham jr. In Kansas city, but the notion that the chiefs have to go and acquire him to me is just, is just not the case. Like I, I, I have I, to, I said I, they should. I'm all about the, the idea. I agree. You and I have talked about the, you know, you don't want him to go to Buffalo, for example. And if you told me he either coming to Kansas City or Dallas, or excuse me, coming to Buffalo or Dallas, of course, go to Dallas, go to Dallas, go to Dallas. But the, the Chiefs, when we're looking at this offense, it's a luxury item at this point in time. I, I think it would be great to have him in Kansas City, but it, there shouldn't be panic or freak out if he doesn't come here, as long as he doesn't go to to Buffalo. But a multi-year deal? No, let, let, the, let that's a Jerry Jones move. Let, let Jerry Jones risk a Why multi-year. Why is that so crazy to you? A multi-year contract for two-year contract. He's coming off two straight torn ACLs. I don't need to give him a multi-year deal. No, thank you. But it's not that. Okay, first off, how much money do you think he's going to make this year, or just on the multi-year deal? Like he's had a two-year contract. I think he would would want it nearly fully guaranteed. So that's a problem. No, I mean like salary-wise. Um. Well, we were talking about the wide receiver market. Two years on an average of what, fourteen to fifteen million a year. That's a little high. To, again, I, none of us know the number, by the way. We're all just speculating. So I, that look, I'm looking at where the wide receiver market is. That might even be low. I'm not willing to give him guaranteed two-year contract. That's all I'm saying. The rest of this year, money's not a problem. That's the rest of this year. You're very upset. No, okay, we get it. You don't want Odell. The, <laughs> also, even without me touching the mic, I was actually going to talk to Nick during the break because it sounds like I've been peaking the entire show. It's as far as the mic. The mic's all messed up today. It doesn't sound like that in my ear. It Maybe it's okay. your headphones. I think it's your you think it's my headphones? Jack. Okay. That's good to know. I love having these conversations on air. At this time, it wasn't me. You guys pointed out the microphone problem, so I just addressed it. You punched it. I I touched. I told you I need the shock absorber. I need the shock absorber back on the microphone. Let's let's uh, Nick get engineering on the show. Let's have him sit in studio and let's talk to them about the shock absorber and if Alex can have it. I do because I barely touch the desk in the microphone. Even when we had Nate Taylor in studio, he barely touched the desk and his microphone started. So you would like shock shock absorbers for us? Yes, please. You'd like them across across the board. I am team shock absorber for the microphones. Hmm. Okay, I'm glad that you've you made an official stance. <laughs> pro shock absorber. I am also pro shock absorber. That was the know. other thing. Some of the text lines asking about they, does Dallas have or Buffalo have turf? Because Odell said every field should be grass. Yeah. Well, Dallas is that artificial stuff. So not them. And Buffalo has grass, I think. 
don't know. I don't know the the. You know what? I just think that. I think theirs might be a little. In bit retrospect, of that it turns out I don't know what the field is, conditions of every NFL field. What a statement! After you just sort of guessed, and then you and then the, the and exact, I was like, I I was lying. I should just the admit exact this. statement that came out of your mouth. I just think that. Which is basically you saying, I have no reasoning to. I realized I was like, it's got to be grass. And then I was like, I don't, you know what? I don't know that as a fact. I was just assuming it was. They do, for what it's worth. They do have grass. Grass, but I don't know that it. It doesn't matter. Nick has grass, too. It doesn't really matter either way. So it's not different type of grass. It's about to get a lot easier in this state. Well, not this state. This This state. This This area. In your state. state. My state. Again, I can gamble from my couch. You can buy weed from. The guy, right? Not the guy anymore. Just the store, not down the street. Before now. you could buy from the guy yeah, yeah, on yeah. the street. Now, <laughs> that can still happen. Now I can just get it from you know, like a, like a shop if I'd like. See, text line still disagreeing with you. Buffalo's field turf, according to the text line. I Whatever, think I don't care. Turf. It doesn't matter. It's not. Just get to Nick's notes. Enough of this, you know. Write I don't care. Notable notes. All who right, you, who are you guys calling next? Without telling me. Uh, well, we'll tell you if you want to know. We'll tell you who we're calling. I don't know. I was thinking maybe Dusty Likens could be on next. Oh, boy. Oh, gosh. The Dirty Werewolf. All right, guys. Let's do a little rankings. Everybody loves rankings. Let's rank some stuff here on Nick's Notable Notes. First up, the top three running back wide receiver duos in the NFL. I gave you guys my top wide receiver tandems earlier this year, and you loved it. Oh, yeah. You guys had no arguments. Which is That's a rarity true. on this show for us to all universally agree on something. The top running back wide receiver duos, number three, Amari Cooper and Nick Chubb. Okay. I, I By the way. Chubb's carrying some of the freight there. Not look, that Cooper's not having a good season. But. Cooper's having a really good season. And you look back on the trade. Oh, my gosh. And his they contract. They didn't get enough for him at all. No. And that contract. Is that is that the best wide receiver contract in the NFL? Not Guys not on trade. rookie deals? Great trade by Cleveland. The Cowboys did not get enough for Amari Cooper. And that deal, yes, is fantastic. What is it? Three years for $60 million? Yeah, it looks and then you like look at steal. the deals that were handed out this past offseason. You're talking about a legit top 15 wide receiver getting paid what will end up being a discount. So that's my number three. Number two, Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. Honestly, I'm not sure if I would have had them at two if Joe Mixon wouldn't have just scored five touchdowns last week. But he did. <laughs> so and Jamar Chase isn't playing. But when healthy, I have them at number two and number one. Cooking Jefferson, right? Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. I feel like they're that's, yeah. they're at number one with a bullet, right? When yeah, when you're pairing them together, yeah, it's not even close. And I know they mix in Alexander Madison a little bit, actually a decent amount of times sometimes. Dalvin Cook, if when he's healthy, as long as he stays healthy, which he has been this year, then you, you can't beat that. I know the touchdowns are down for Jefferson. That's been a little disappointing for some people that are playing fantasy football, but Justin Jefferson still yardage wise and he's on a team that is seven and one, I guess, at this point. So yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. All list. this I'm is is a shocking most- reminder that every team who has a really great running back is like, we don't need wide receivers, right? We have a great running back. And you're like, you yeah, there's know. not many. There's McCaffrey not many. and Debo Samuel, you probably could have made an argument for. It's hard to say. They haven't played two games together, so I don't even. I almost I mean, don't- Saquon has nobody. No. no Derrick no. Henry has nobody because I think those are the top two running backs in the NFL, yeah, but else, they have absolutely no else, receivers. I mean, who else are we missing? It's obviously not Miami. They Jonathan don't Taylor's a- Michael Pittman, and Jonathan Taylor's having a bad year, so. Are we missing somebody? Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown would be considered. Yeah. I'd give some consideration at least to that. I mean, that's. Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. I'm pretty sure that's the list. Neither one of those guys can stay healthy, though. Yeah. 
Wow, so I'm two for two on giving you guys I, I don't, I, you guys, no, no notes. You guys love my list. Let's, let's get to another one then. How about my NFL MVP rankings? Maybe we'll get some arguments here. Number three. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. And this has nothing to do with the injury. I have Josh Allen at number three. The numbers are still impressive. He leads the NFL or is at the top of the NFL rankings in most statistical categories, but I'm dinging him. I'm dinging him. For the fact that he now has eight interceptions on the season, which is one off the lead set by Matt Ryan, oddly enough, who did it in seven games. So that's impressive Impressive. in its own right. But I have Josh Allen all the way down to number three. Again, I'm not saying this is how it's going to end. I'm saying as of right now, Josh Allen comes in at number three. Okay. Number two. He's going to say a running back. I just know the way Nick works. Uh, You don't know me as well as you think you do. (laughs) Number two. Tua Tungavailoa. Tua. The number two MVP candidate missed a couple of games. Find me the flaw in what he's doing this season. If, if, if you have an argument against it, tell me what it is that he's doing. I mean, Cody, I think, just pointed it out. His stats are going to be off because he's missed two games. And he might not win his division. You have to win your division to be an MVP. And if you're going to give me, a, Nick, if you're going to tell me it's, well, where are things at right now? It's not the end of the season. Well, then right now, two is not in the division lead, so I can't even consider him as a top three MVP candidate. Now, if we're talking betting markets, I'm with you. I think there's value there still on Tua. He's like 11 or 12 to one. You talked uh, last week, earlier in the week, he was 20. He's already moved up from 25, 29 to one. So does that be- mean you're leaving Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes off that's your list? Because that's concerning. That's exactly what he's Who doing. Who could I leave off? You know, there's only one spot left. So, of course, I'm leaving one of them off. Did I leave Patrick Mahomes? Off my MVP list? Skip Bayless 2.0 over here. Of course I didn't. Patrick Mahomes comes in at number one. It's like he leads the league in passing and touchdowns. 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. He is doing Patrick Mahomes things even without Tyreek Hill. And I think much like the Heisman, you got to have a moment. And how many of those moments has he had this year where he has just made absurd circus plays? I think he's already nearing his career high because he does it every single game and then taking over the game down the stretch with his legs that was incredible all right we only got one minute left so i'm gonna rapid fire my heisman top three hendon hooker the uh the tennessee vols lost last week to georgia so his stock takes a hit he's down to number three on this list the stats are still there they end up in the college football playoff he's right back in the mix number two cj stroud i'm not immediately vaulting him to number one He was terrible last week against Northwestern. That's back-to-back poor performances. You're at Ohio State. You have every reason to put up ridiculous numbers. You should be nearly perfect if you're at Alabama, Ohio State, and you want to win the Heisman. He hasn't been lately, so I'm still putting him at number two. My number one spot right now, boys, Caleb Williams of USC, 28 touchdowns, one interception, just one loss on the season. He is having an incredible season out there under Lincoln Riley. So I have him as my number one at the top of the Heisman power rankings how, right how, now. How far down? You had told me you gave me one long shot bet to make with the free bets when all of the apps are up. So over at BetMGM, I made a $50 free bet on Will Anderson. Well, any chance? They got any hope left, Nick? He's not on the board anymore. Um, it's not great. What if he got like not five per- sacks I'll tell you what, personally, he's not on my board? You can't even <laughs> bet on him anymore. He's <laughs> off the board. It's not great. 
You might have to go. Off, you might have to go offshore to make that. CJ Stroud is the the betting favorite right now, but this thing's moving quickly. But CJ Stroud plus one forty five at Fanduel. Hinton Hooker three to one. Blake Corum, the running back from Michigan, is six to one, and then Caleb Williams is eight to one. Those are the that feels like the best odds bet one, isn't also, it? Caleb I don't Williams? hate Jaden Daniels. That's not Jalen. That's Jaden. This Daniels is the actual correct from, Jaden from LSU. From LSU, he's sixteen to one. I don't hate the value there. If you think LSU could sneak into the college football playoff, I think him. the same can be said. This is probably a little bit longer shot than Jaden Daniels, but. Drake May at North Carolina. His mm. numbers are just absurd this year as well. There you go. Those are Nick's notable notes. Up next, we get right back into the NFL. In particular, we talk all the time about they're all in. Well, just how all in are they in the NFL? Two teams stand out in particular. That's next. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by KC Bobcat. Rent or own from KC Bobcat in Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. Subscribe and download all new episodes of Nick's Waving in the Wheat podcast, released every Thursday on the 435 Podcast Network and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 